on the field and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Now broadcasting live from American Family Field, here's Matt Foley. The Brewers' run scoring once again has a tough night. They scored just one run for a second day in a row. From a pitching perspective, you can't get upset with what the Brewers had today. Adrian Hauser was pretty darn good going uh, five and two-thirds innings, giving up just one run on four hits. They do give up uh, one run out of the bullpen, but uh, three bullpen pitchers combined for three and a third innings, giving up just one run. Overall, you give up two runs, you're going to win more often than not, but tonight was the not because the Brewers continue to have a hard time scoring runs. Uh, That is true in a general statement. It's also true when it comes to left-handed starters. This goes back to something that was going on last year as well. They've got guys in the lineup who have historically done well against left-handers, but for whatever reason, last year and starting this year, the Brewers are having a hard time against uh, against lefties, and they certainly had a hard time against Steven Matz today. Uh, my name is Matt Pauley. Vinny Rotino from Valley Sports Wisconsin will be joining us coming up in just a few minutes. If you want to join the program, you can do so. 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can also tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on Air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. I keep saying it over and over. You're probably sick of hearing me say it at this point. It's really hard to evaluate what's real and what's just the product of it being the start of the season. But the bottom line is the Brewers are not scoring runs. And they, they've got to do better than what they're doing right now, and you just hope that they will do better at some point in the relatively near future. Again, 855-616-1620, the Yankee Net Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We'll hear the postgame comments of manager Craig Council. We'll go back through the game with the highlights. We'll hear from you. We'll also hear from Vinny Rotino. He joins me coming up in just a moment. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. Bouncer hit to short, could be two, to second Colton Wong, one, and the return throw to Keston Hero on the back end of that. Six, four, three, double play. Brewers fall 2-1. They scored just one run for a second day in a row. They fall back below 500 at 4-5, and and now they need to win tomorrow against the Cardinals if they don't want to lose a series against a divisional opponent already for the second time this year after they had lost 2-3 of three against the Cubs to open up the season. Brewers' extra innings does continue here on WTMJ. If you want to join the program, you can do so. 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Or or tweet at me at Matt Pauley on air. Let's bring in Vinny Rotino, former Brewer and Bally Sports Wisconsin analyst. And Vinny, what do we make of another day where the Brewers just have a really hard time not just scoring runs but also collecting hits? They have just five hits and nobody has more than one today. Yeah, it's just frustrating at the end of the day that you're just watching a bunch of empty at-bats at times, right? They just go through stretches of just a, a bunch of empty at-bats. You don't see that from teams when you look across the across the field into that other dugout. I mean, you're, you're, you're just looking at a bunch of really tough at-bats, as good as Adrian Hauser was tonight. The Cardinals, up and down the lineup, gave them a tough time to get outs, right? Falling off pitches. You just... It just ends up getting a little bit frustrating at times with the Brewers, even though Steven Matz was on his game. He was incredible tonight. He was pounding the fastball in and then using that changeup away and then mixing in that curveball as, as well. They just they just have a hard time 
when a guy is on, they allow him to cruise, right? You got to give him, you got to disrupt his rhythm a little bit. You got to start falling off pitches, even if it is a one, two, three inning. You just got to make him work for it a little bit more. And it doesn't seem the Brewers are able to do that, you know, early on in this season. They have this lineup that's built for to face off against left-handers, and they've got some guys in the lineup who historically have had success against lefties, but for whatever reason, they're just... And this goes back to last year as well, and I know this is a new year and a new team, and there's some new players involved, but last year they had such a hard time against lefties, and now they're, it's kind of continuing. It's not kind of. It is continuing uh, into this year as well, and you look at some of the names involved in this, and, and bluntly, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Yeah, you got to feel good about a lineup that has Andrew McCutcheon, Willie Adamas, Hunter Renfro as your top three. And then after Keston here is spring training, you got to feel like he's going to be able to get going against lefties. I, I'm with you. You know, and Tyrone Taylor, same thing. Lorenzo Cain's historically hit lefties pretty well. So, I mean, and then they bring in Mike Brasso. So, I mean, yeah, that, that's a lineup that should score at you know should score some runs and at the very least get more than five hits against Steven Matz right so that's just I, I totally agree with you so Adrian Hauser was really good I just saw this note from a baseball historian Doug Kern Adrian Hauser tonight makes history but it's not the kind of history you want to make Adrian Hauser is the first pitcher in Brewers history to allow four or less hits and two or less runs in each of their first two appearances of a season and lose each of those games. That's that's not a good thing uh, that uh, they're not taking advantage of what he's doing. It's, uh, no, exactly. I mean, I mean, you do want to take the silver lining there and say, okay, Adrian Hauser is picking up where he left off, especially in that second half of the year last year. So that's a good sign. But yes, let's go ahead and get some runs across the board for for Adrian Hauser and for the entire pitching staff. Um, so I don't, I don't. At this point, I'm with you. Like, what what answers can we give other than like, okay, let's let's go ahead. We gotta get back to the basics. It's you can't be all or nothing. Let's figure out a way to just kind of grind out at bats and give the opposing pitching staff some tough time. You know, they did a pretty good job once the bullpen came into the game and and got some rallies going and and had some pretty tough at bats but they need to do it consistently uh from the start of the game you mentioned something earlier and i think it's a really good point because at one point i think it was 10 in a row that the brewers went down and you said earlier just a moment ago that when a when an opposing pitcher is in a groove you got to do more at the plate you got to make it tougher on the pitcher are you essentially saying that you do maybe actually change your approach a little bit. Maybe you're trying to make more contact. Maybe you're trying to foul off more pitches. You're, you're just trying to force the pitcher into uncomfortable situations. Do you do you change your approach a little bit in situations like that when it just seems like the other pitcher is just rolling through? Well, so the point I was making is that when a, an opposing pitcher understands that, okay, this lineup is a mistake-hitting lineup. This lineup is kind of like, feel. it feels like this lineup is all or nothing. Nothing. All they have to focus on at that point is executing my stuff. Okay, and once you feel like that, yes, you still have to execute, but it, you can trust your stuff a little bit more. And so my point in saying that is, 
yeah, you got to change it up if you're the Brewers in saying that, okay, I'm going to be the guy that stops this this feeling for that other pitcher, for that other catcher, for the other, you know, the other team on the other side. And I'm just going to grind out in that bat right here. I am going to I'm going to refuse to strike out and I'm going to put this ball in play. I'm going to foul off tough pitches that disrupts their timing. You see that all the time from from a lineup like like the Cardinals, right? You see that Dylan Carlson just fouling off pitches or, you know, it's, you know, in the Tommy Edmonds of the world, right? So, I mean, they do that and Andrew Kisner is another one. So they have these guys up and down the lineup to do that. The Brewers just need a little bit more consistency with that. We saw this from them last year. They got into a groove where they were that team that was going to give a tough at-bat. So they just need to get back into that mindset instead of being so much all or nothing. Adrian Hauser was really good. The one run on four hits and five and two-thirds innings. Four strikeouts, three walks. We always look at his ground outs to fly outs. If he's getting a bunch of ground outs, that means he's on seven ground outs, only only three fly outs. It's really fun. I'm a... uh, I'm a pitch to contact guy, Vinny. Like I know that strikeouts are are all the rage in in today's baseball. You got, especially when you get into the postseason, you got to have guys who can strike people out. But I I still love pitchers who pitch to contact. So Hauser's that guy for me. That when he's on, it's a lot of fun to watch. And he is he he really has made some really significant adjustments from 2020, 2019 to now this year. I mean, he was a guy that would really struggle with making pitches and executing pitches, especially when when runners were on in scoring position. He had a tough time limiting damage, but he would, he's also talking about consistently talking about how much more consistent his delivery is, and that's a testament to Chris Hook and the in the pitching lab team. Um, they they really got him more in line more in sync. He's able to stay through his delivery with less effort and just really kind of, you know, just drive the fastball through spots now. And and, and then he's using, he's trying to implement his other stuff as well. Um, and that's also coming, but he is so much better with his command. When he has to make a pitch, he kind of stays, you know, with the process instead of worrying about the result. In the past, just go look at some highlights from him in the past, how much effort and pull off his head would, would uh, kind of through release and he would have a really hard time just commanding the baseball. And so now he's a different guy. I really enjoy watching him watching him pitch. I love the progress that he's made. And again, I mean, Chris Hook has really done a phenomenal job with this kid. 855-616-1620 is the Yankee Net Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can call, you can text into the program. You can also tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air. A decision made late in the game. Do you go with Rowdy Telez or do you go with Christian Yelich? The decision was to go with Telez. Right call or wrong call? We'll discuss that coming up in just a moment. This is Brewers Extra Innings. One-two pitch to Carlson. And this is a fly ball to center field, backing up Kane just a couple of steps. Turns and makes the catch. And the inning is over. Brewers fall short. They lose to St. Louis by a 2-1 score. St. Louis has taken two of the first three in the series. They'll wrap up the four-game set coming up tomorrow afternoon here at American Family Field. Quite the sports day for Milwaukee tomorrow uh, with the Brewers playing in the afternoon, and I'm sure many folks will make their way over to Fiserv Forum for the Bucks opening up their playoff run against the Bulls tomorrow evening. My name is Matt Pauley, Vinny Rotino, former Brewer and Valley Sports Wisconsin analyst uh, with us as well. And uh, Vinny, let's get into the decision that was made right 
at the end of the game. The game ends with Rowdy Telez grounding into a double play. Telez representing the winning run. So if he hits one out of here, and we know he's got the ability to do that, uh, the Brewers win this game with the runner Adamas on. Uh, Christian Yelich was available too. He would have been the next pinch hitter, but the decision is made to go with Telez in the moment. Uh, Craig Council was asked about that decision. Uh, basically said the Cardinals had a lefty up in the bullpen. He's not 100% sure the Cardinals would have gone to the lefty if Yelich came up, but they really liked the Telez-Gallegos uh, matchup, so he went with that. Do you like the decision? I like the decision. You know, at the end of the day, it's a small sample size, but Rowdy Telez is 7 for 23 on the year. He's got he's got the one home run. I mean, the 907 OPS, again, a small sample size, but he's been really swinging the bat really well. And then, obviously, Christian Yelich punched out four times yesterday. So, um, you know, I, I just don't think Yelich is quite back yet to, to what we need him to be. Um, and so, Rowdy Telez swinging a hot bat. I do like that matchup as well with uh, Gallegos and Telez. So I, I agree with the decision. I also agree with it, and I'm not trying to denigrate Yelich here, but we've seen, and this is true across Major League Baseball, so many runs are being scored with the home run. I don't trust the Brewers right now to be able to string together hits. I feel like if the Brewers are going to come up big in that moment, it's going to be on a home run. And I trust Rowdy Telez to hit a home run more than I trust Christian Yelich to hit a home run right now. Right now, I, I'm in 100% agreement with you because Rowdy Telez is just, I mean, he can leave at any time to any part of the ballpark, and, 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 so, can, and can, so can Christian Yelich. I mean, we've seen that. Um, I just think, again, where Rowdy Telez is right now at this point of the season, I think he's, he's just swinging the bat a little bit better. Um, he, took a, he took a tough slider, oh, you know, to start the at-bat, and then he just got out in front of that other one, and, you know, unfortunately he is as slow as, the, as they come. He's a 20 runner on the 20-80 on the scale for, uh, for run ability, so he, he was doubled off on that slow roll to the second baseman. So, um, yeah, again, I, I do agree with the decision. Um, unfortunately, it didn't work out. Let's grab a couple text messages. George in Pewaukee mentions uh, Andrew McCutcheon has hit 256 and less the last six years in a row. Last year hit 220, I think making the point that uh, we, we can't expect him to continue what he's been doing. I don't know. I think I think McCutcheon playing in this ballpark has the opportunity and not really playing much in the field, being just the DH. I think that's going to be a really good thing for him. I think he can continue on. The other question that George has is, uh, can't Colton Wong be the everyday leadoff hitter to have a more consistent lineup order. Vinny, basically, there's a right-handed lineup and a left-handed lineup, and we're going to see uh, we're going to see Wong in the, the leadoff spot a lot against righties, and we're going to see McCutcheon in the leadoff spot a, a lot against lefties. I think it's a pretty standard thing in baseball to have a, a righty. Even those people out there who want to see basically the same lineup on an everyday basis, who don't like the fact that the Brewers run out you know, 115 different lineups over the course of the season or whatever the number is, I think even those people are understanding that you, you have a righty lineup and a lefty lineup, and you go with it so i i understand what george is saying i just i haven't seen a whole lot of people complain about the fact that you have a different leadoff hitter when you're up against a lefty it's just the way the game's played at this point right i mean you see it from all the really really good teams you see it from the rays they platoon all day long right they just put their guys in a position to succeed night in night out and you know personally if i was when i was playing like i wouldn't have minded a day off or two in the minor leagues against a really nasty righty with a really good slider. I just, I couldn't hit sliders, right? I couldn't hit right-hand slider. So I think that's what 
the analytics and the data says about these platoons is that they're giving players a really good shot to succeed, their best chance to succeed against a particular pitcher. However, I'll say this as well about the leadoff thing, that Andrew McCutcheon comes in with one of the one of the best track records, especially last year, of not chasing and swinging outside the zone. So he gets on base. That's why you want him at the top. He can still run. He's in the top 10 percentile for, for sprint speed still at the age of 35. Colton Wong obviously is a really good leadoff hitter as well, and he can handle left-handed pitching as well. Um, I just think that you, you move him down a little bit in the order against a tough lefty, especially as Steven Matz. It, it's all matchups. It's all data and analytics. Um, in the long run, it should work out. Uh, I do agree with the idea, though, that sometimes, you know, these are human beings, so they're not just data points. And so that is the argument that these guys get into a rhythm, they get into a routine with being the, the leadoff hitter or wherever they're batting in a lineup on an everyday basis. But they'll get used to the idea as well of, okay, I'm facing Steven Matz today. I, I'll go ahead and hit seventh if I'm Colton Wong and then vice versa with Andrew McCutcheon. 855-616-1620. That's the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We'll take a break for the news, and after that, we'll hear the post-game comments of manager Craig Council. Brewers come up short against the Cardinals. They lose by a 2-1 score. This is Brewers Extra Innings. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Falling. Hauser comes set. Here's the 3-2 pitch, and this is lying down the left field line. This is Big-time trouble. It's going to get down in front of Taylor. O'Neal's around third. He's going to score. Arenado into third. The throw to second is not in time. As DeYoung slides into second with a double. 2-1. Brewers come up short. They lose to the Cardinals tonight here at American Family Field. Manager Craig Council spent some time with the media just a little while ago. Opened up his uh, comments discussing the lack of run scoring right now for this team. Yeah, I mean, we're not scoring a lot of runs. Um, I don't. I don't necessarily feel that. Um, you know, we do. We just got to get uh, get the right pitch. We got to put good swings on it. Um, got to find some holes, and that's going to get us out of this. Um, you know, that's that's cliches, but uh, that that's how it works. We got. There's no. I don't. I don't see pressing going on. Um, I think. Uh, you know, we, we got to create a little more offense for sure. Um, and it's really just, you know, when we get pitches to hit, we got to do something with them. How did Matt's get on a roll in the middle? Yeah, I mean, I thought his, his fastball was really good today. I thought, I mean, that was, it was um, just had life. It was at the top. It, you know, it kind of beat beat us at the, um, a bunch, um, and the changeup was good. Um, so, you know, that that's what. Uh, that's what he. That's what he's good at. That's what he did tonight. Did tonight. On a night like tonight, where Adrian pitches so well again, does it make it you know kind of doubly frustrating with the offense struggling the way it did? No, I mean, Adrian pitched a really nice game. I thought he did. That he did was excellent. Um, battled through a, a tough fourth inning where he had to make a bunch of pitches. Um, had a nice fifth inning, um, and got us into the sixth inning. So he, I mean, that's job very well done. Are you seeing kind of a common thread? Uh, with Adrian in those innings where he kind of loses command for like two or three batters? Is he like rushing or anything or do his mechanics get out of whack? No, I mean, I think he's, you know, he's just going through a lineup and trying to be cautious and make good pitches. And, um, you know, that's 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 the cat and mouse of a, of a pitcher-hitter challenge. You know, they're they're... The pitchers trying to make good pitches, and um, they light up, they light off those pitches, and and they 
made him work that inning. That's Manager Craig Council speaking just a little while ago. Tweet comes in from Patrick, says, Why weren't the Brewers swinging at the first pitch throughout all the at-bats? And also, why did Craig Council choose Jake Cousins uh, to pitch out of relief? So, uh, first off, in terms of, uh, this isn't a big first pitch swinging team. I think today, it was something I talked about with Vinny Rotino earlier, uh, when, when a pitcher is really on a roll, you want to try to force them to throw more pitches, make at-bats longer. Now, if you get a pitch to drive on a first pitch, you got to be ready and you got to take advantage of it. I think that's something that we've seen from Andrew McCutcheon where he's been very good against first pitches. But it's also if if you take a bad swing, if you make soft contact and you have a one pitch out, that does not go a long way towards uh, anything good happening for you. So that would be my response to that. As far as Cousins pitching, so the Brewers are down 2 nothing in that moment. And from a resource allocation standpoint, we know that the Brewers have the three high-leverage guys that they use, 7-8-9, in Boxberger in addition to uh, Williams and Hayter. When you're not winning, you're more often than not not going to allocate those resources in those games. So then you go to that that second group of relief pitchers, and that's where Cousins is at right now. He maybe he's not pitching where where you want it to be, right? Like the numbers maybe don't back it up. But after those three high leverage guys, Cousins is kind of in that next group that you expect to be able to come in and get big outs. And if it's a night where a Williams and Hader are, are not available, or if all three guys are not available, like it was the first game of this series, Cousins is one of those guys that may get the opportunity to pitch the ninth. There are expectations that he pitch in big moments and give this team big outs. So that's that's the answer to that question. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. The Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Tweet at me at Matt Pauley on air. We'll come back with the highlights. We'll go through this one. That's next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Ready for this? Get up! This? Get up! And this? Get out of here! Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Matt Pauley. Two to one. The Brewers lose to the Cardinals. They've lost two of the first three in the series. Pitching matchup tonight. The Brewers have Adrian Hauser on the mound while the Cardinals go with Steven Matz. We've seen the Brewers have some first inning issues recently. Thought that may happen again today as the inning gets started. The game gets started with a Dylan Carlson base hit. But then Paul Goldschmidt pops out. That's the first out of the inning. And the next hitter is Tyler O'Neill. Bouncer hit to short. Could be two to second Colton Wong one. And the return throw to Keston Hero on the back end of that. Six, four, three, double play. How about the Brewers? Can they come up with something in the first inning after Andrew McCutcheon and also uh, Willie Adamas are put out for the first two outs of the bottom of the first? It brings up Hunter Renfro. 3-1 delivery. <laughs> Line to left. It's going to be an extra base hit in the corner. Bouncing off the wall out there and Hunter Renfro cruising into second base with a two-out double. But Keston Hero would line out and the game would remain scoreless. In the third inning for the Cardinals, uh, they would get a double off the bat of Andrew Kisner with one out. Then a Tommy Edmond ground out moves Kisner to third. Two outs, Dylan Carlson at the plate. One-two pitch to Carlson. And this is a fly ball to center field, backing up Kane just a couple of steps. Turns and makes the catch. And the inning is over. The Cardinals do break through, though, in the fourth inning with one out. Tyler O'Neill walks, then a walk to Nolan Arenado. So runners on at first and second. After the second out is recorded, it's Paul DeYoung at the plate. 
Hauser comes set. Here's the 3-2 pitch. And this is lying down the left field line. This is big time trouble. It's going to get down in front of Taylor. O'Neill's around third. He's going to score. Arenado into third. The throw to second is not in time. As DeYoung slides into second with a double. So this game could have gone out of hand right here. Runners on at second and third. Two outs. And it's Harrison Bader standing in. Here's the one-two pitch. Swing and a miss. Gets away from Caratini, throws to first to complete the ortho ASAP strikeout, and the inning is over. All the while, Steven Matz was just rolling along for St. Louis. Uh, St. Louis couldn't do much against him. Uh, as far as, uh, excuse me, as the Brewers couldn't do much against him. As far as the Cardinals go, they were quieted down by Adrian Hauser. He was rolling along pretty well. But Hauser would uh, have his day come to an end in the sixth inning. In that sixth, Paul Goldschmidt would fly out, then a base hit from Tyler O'Neill. So runners on, at just a runner on at first. There's one out of the inning, and it's Nolan Arnato at the plate. Here comes Hauser swinging a pop-up. And this one is playable for Colton Wong. Waiting, catching for the second out. That would end up being the final out that Hauser records. He walks Corey Dickerson, putting runners on at first and second. That brings on Trevor Gott. Gott gets the final out of the inning, and it remains a 1-0 game. In the Brewers' sixth, they mentioned to you a moment ago how Steven Matz was just rolling through Brewers. In the bottom of the sixth, Victor Caratini leads the inning off by lining out, but it brings up Andrew McCutcheon. Andrew out of a slightly open stance. They play him dead pull on the infield. The pitch. Looping liner. Get down, ball. Base hit to left. Finally. He had retired 10 in order. Yeah, 10 in a row put down until McCutcheon gets the base hit. Willie Adamas, though, would strike out, and that would end the day for Steven Matz. Ryan Helsey would then come in, and uh, he would uh, finish off the inning by striking out. Hunter Renfro. It's still a 1-0 game. Helsey would be done after getting that out. Nessus Cabrera comes in to pitch the 7th inning for the Cardinals. He puts up a 0 and then in the top of the 8th the Cardinals get another run. Jake Cousins, he comes in to pitch replacing Trevor Gott who pitches well. He gets Paul Goldschmidt and Tyler O'Neill to ground out so quickly 2 outs in the inning but then Nolan Arenado doubles and a wild pitch moves him to 3rd for Corey Dickerson. 2-2 and coming back. Here it is. Hit sharply over a leaping Colton Wong. A big two-out base hit. Corey Dickerson delivers. 2-0 the score as we go to the bottom of the eighth inning. Colton Wong leads the inning off against his former team. He strikes out. Next hitter is Mike Brasseau, and he hits one very, very, very deep out to right field. But Dylan Carlson is there to catch it. That's a big play right there because it was almost a home run. And if it would have been a home run, that would have made the next at-bat that much more important. The next hitter is Victor Caratini. Swing a liner to left and deep. Get up! Get up! Get out of here! It's gone! And the Brewers are on the board on a rocket hit out of here by Victor Caratini. Yeah, so 2-1, you do that thing where you go back and say, well, if this had happened and this had happened, what would have it looked like? Well, if Brousseau hits a home run and then Caratini still hits a home run, all of a sudden it's a 2-2 game. It doesn't work out that way. Caratini does go deep, and that ends the day for Genesis Cabrera as Giovanni Gallegos comes in, and he strikes out Andrew McCutcheon. 
one day after Brent Suter had a scary moment running into the uh, the netting that's connected to the guardrail of the Cardinals dugout. He was back to pitch. He gives up a hit, nothing more, in the top of the ninth inning. So that takes us to the bottom of the ninth inning. That inning led off by Willie Adamas. And the pitch. Adamas lines one to left. There's a base hit. He'll turn and hold now with a rocket to left field. Played quickly by O'Neill to hold him to one. So the Brewers have the tying run on, and they have the winning run coming to the plate in multiple big hitters. It starts with Hunter Renfro. He ends up popping out, and then Craig Council goes to the bench, brings up Rowdy Telez. The pitch. Telez, bouncer, hit to the right side. They'll go to second for one and turn a double play. Wow. Tommy Edmond with Nolan Arenado coming across the bag at second to take that throw. And the return throw just did get Telez. Two to one, the final score. Brewers fall to St. Louis with the win. The Cardinals go to five and two. The Brewers, they drop to four and five. Winning totals for St. Louis. Two runs, eight hits, no errors. They leave eight for the Brewers. One run, five hits, no errors. They leave three. Winning pitcher Steven Matz, he is 1-1. One one. The loss goes to Adrian Hauser. He drops to 0-2. Gallegos, Gallegos the save, his second of the year. Home runs in the contest, just one of them. It was Victor Caratini's first with the Brewers. The game lasting 2 hours and 55 minutes. Played in front of a crowd of 26,356 folks. Brewers fall by a 2-1 score. We'll go around baseball, give you some scores, and get you all set for the Easter Sunday afternoon contest to wrap up this series. That's next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Just a few minutes left in the program after the Brewers lose to the Cardinals by a 2-1 score. One more text message to get to. Uh, Doug gets in here, says uh, it's not just the against lefties. It's overall. Some of these players' statistics are terrible. I hate wasting this pitching. How often does a team get this kind of pitching? Rarely. I will say this, and I'm very confident saying this at some point over the course of a 162-game season, it's going to be the exact opposite for the Brewers. They're going to be getting hitting, and the pitching is going to be slumping. That is going to happen. The The big question is, and, and I hate saying this over and over, the question is, right now, what this team is doing from a run-scoring perspective, are they in a slump, or is this who they are? And... Bluntly, we don't know the answer, and we won't know the answer for a while. If you just think it's who they are, you've got a 50-50 chance of being right, and I know if it ends up being a problem throughout the course of the entire season, and I'm not talking to Doug specifically, I'm talking to everybody, you might puff your chest out a little bit and say, that's what I was telling you from the beginning. There's just no way to know. There's teams that struggle right at the beginning of the season, and it means nothing. And there's teams that struggle at the um, at the beginning of the season, and it means a lot. And there's just no way to affect another text. Mike in Colorado says, Brewers continue to worry me. Yes, I know it's too early to really worry, so we'll see. It's it's like we have to have retroactive worrying, right? Uh, you, you don't worry right now, but there's a small voice in your head that's telling you to worry, but you're telling yourself, well, it's too early. It's too early to worry, but then if these issues just continue to exist, you can you can retroactively 
be worrying at this point in time, if that makes any sense whatsoever. Around the NL Central this evening, Cubs lose to the Rockies by a 9-6 score. Cubs drop to 4-4 four and four. Uh, on the mound for the Cubs tonight. It was uh, Mark Leiter Jr. He goes 3 and a third, allowing 7 runs on 5 hits, and uh, he uh, ends up taking the loss. Reds and Dodgers are playing right now in Los Angeles, bottom of the 5th. That game is scoreless. And the Pirates, they get a win today. They get back to 500. The Pirates are uh, four and four, so the Pirates right now have a better record than the Brewers. Pirates are four and four after they knock off the Nationals by a six-four score. Bryce Wilson got the start, going four and a third, allowing two runs on four hits. Around the Brewers minor leagues, uh, we'll start with Low A Carolina playing at Fredericksburg, and Fredericksburg comes away with an eight-three win. High A, the Timber Rattlers, they lose at Beloit by a 4-3 score. Celebration in Beloit as that was uh, their first win of the season for the Timber Rattlers. They dropped to 6-2. and Double uh, A Biloxi, they played a game that was rain-shortened and uh, they lose at home to Mississippi by a 4-0 score. And Triple A Nashville, uh, they pick up the win at Gwinnett by a 10-0 score. Ethan Small was really good in this game. He picks up the win his first of the year. Uh, three home runs for Nashville, including David Dahl hitting his second of the season. Brewers and Cardinals wrap up the four-game series coming up tomorrow afternoon. The pitching matchup, it's going to be Aaron Ashby getting the start for the crew. Ashby 0-1, a 1.80 ERA right now. He is uh, pretty much the sixth starter for the Brewers. He is going to be opposed by right-handed pitcher Dakota Hudson. No record, 6.75 ERA. 110 first pitch, network coverage begins at 1235. I'll have you at 12 o'clock for Brewers warm-up. We will not have Brewers extra innings coming up tomorrow. We are going to get right into coverage of the Milwaukee Bucks as soon as our Brewers Radio Network coverage ends tomorrow. But again, we will have Brewers warm-up, so I'll talk to you tomorrow at 12 noon for more Brewers baseball.